I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Well, we just we just talked and said, you know what? We're going to come back. We're going to we're going to watch the film, and we're going to look ourselves in the mirror. We're going to be honest with ourselves. We're going to tell the truth like we always do on Sunday, and we're going to see where it went wrong at. We're going to fix it because if we don't fix it, it's a copycat league. They'll come back and hit us with it again next week. Um, just you know, getting in here, watching the film, correcting the mistakes, and um, you know, just 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 looking at the negatives and the positives, you know, because. It's both um, in games like this. You know, you make mistakes, you make plays, but, you know, you got to limit the mistakes. And um, that's something we're going to come in here and um, make sure we get that right. Yeah, I think it's a big thing to them. I think they're up there, like you said, with Wisconsin, Iowa, wanting to establish a run game. Um, obviously, bigger bodies, bigger O-linemen, you know. So they're obviously going to try and uh, run the ball. So we're going to have to stop the run um, and make them throw it. we got to go back. we got to look at this film and see where this thing went wrong at. And we got to come back and fix it. We can't let this team beat us twice. Hello and welcome again to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple as we get you ready for Nebraska-Minnesota as these two teams will uh, play an 11 a.m. game on ESPN2. Huskers coming off a loss to Illinois on Saturday, um, but it just it felt more than a loss. You, you look at just the damage that game uh, did to Nebraska's season. Not only did they lose... Uh, the game to Illinois. They lost Casey Thompson, and we don't know his status this week, but it doesn't feel very good. And, you know, the season just feels theoretically over at this point. And there was was some hope a week ago, but I think, you know, you say wow, but Steve Sippel, this is the third largest point spread in Memorial Stadium against Nebraska in modern-day history. We know what that point spread is going to look like against Michigan. Um, So there's a lot uh, of things – um, about just the setup of, that make me, you know, things turned a lot in a week. They did, but I'm not saying I, say, I – I disagree with you. I mean, there's, there's kids that are still playing for a bowl game over there. I mean, I talked to Colton Feist the other day on Tuesday and fully engaged. I mean, wants to play a bowl bad. I mean, uh, season not over, Sean. Here's the deal, though. If you can't score, how are you going to beat anybody? But they're and not, right now that offense – what we saw in the second half against Illinois, and granted, uh-huh. Illinois statistically is one of the best defenses in all of college football, but uh, that gave you zero reason for optimism. Well, I get it, but that's you guys. Season over for you. You're not playing the game. Okay, so if they if they are overcoming the third largest underdog point spread yeah. in modern program history, uh, and then they still got to find a way to beat some of those other two, like Michigan. And if they don't do it, then they it requires them to beat Michigan to go to a bowl. Right. So they're, they're playing though. I, I guess mean, technically, if you want to be real about it, they still have it. But yeah, they, no, they, I don't think they got to prove they got to prove a lot. So yeah. you, I mean, you really think winning three or four is in the cards? Oh no, not necessarily. I wouldn't bet on it. But <laughs> but I but I no, I don't th- I don't say season over right now. I just think this challenge now for Mickey is at its hardest point now. I mean, for sure. When he walked into it, it was a very hard point. Georgia Southern lost in Oklahoma his first game, probably knowing that he was firing Eric Chenander mm-hmm. but had to wait till the bye week. That was tough. But then they got they got some momentum. Mm-hmm. Got things rolling. But now you lose the way you did to Illinois, then you lose potentially Casey Thompson for, you know, an unforeseen amount of time. Mm-hmm. And now you're challenging this Husker fan base. And you know, Oh, I totally agree with your sentiment, you, you and Robin's sentiment that the season's over for you guys, for the media, or for the fans. Yeah, it is. I mean, a lot of people look at it that way. A lot of people check out now, but I don't think the team's checked out. That's what I, I don't think. This is two thousand. What about the fan? I mean, I'm just thinking about the fans. Like, and this oh, will really be hard. It'd this be hard. will really truly show 
how great Nebraska's fans are because mm. there aren't any other fans in the world, and I really mean when I say in the world, mm-hmm. that would be coming out like they will for Saturday's game at 11 a.m. We'll You're Bill and Betty in Grand Island getting up at 6 in the morning to drive, drive out here on a dark I-80 to go to the game. I mean, that is true fandom and support, and that, that's what makes Nebraska what it is because the great fan support. And those fans are going to show up. I have zero <laughs> doubt about that. I, it's going to be a almost entirely full stadium at kickoff. The question I have is what happens when Ibrahim marches in on a 17-yard touchdown run on the opening drive after a effortless march downfield? The offense goes three and out with uh, some really poorly incomplete passes. How long are they going to stick around? Are you to the point now where you think it's better for Nebraska to take the ball first now? <laughs> I mean, I think they got to play time of possession, I think. you got to protect that defense right now. I mean, I'm just saying what we saw – Saturday in that second half was some of the most uninspiring offensive football we've offensive. seen from Nebraska in a long time. Offensive. I, I don't think Minnesota will take the ball down the field on Nebraska. You don't think so? No. They, they played well. Defense played well against Illinois. Okay. They, they, they kept Brown in check. Brown didn't, Brown didn't kill them. Um, they, had, they had hats to the ball all game long. In that. I mean, Four turnovers by the offense is right. what killed, killed them. them. Killed them. Offense. Yeah, I mean, the offense is in trouble. That, there, there are no doubt about that. Nebraska's what? offense is in a bad way right now. Okay, if, if Casey doesn't play now, yeah. if Casey plays, you know they'll have a shot to win. If but, Casey doesn't play, do you figure out a way to utilize both quarterbacks? You or, have to. But you just get the sense for whatever reason Whipple wasn't a Chubba guy for some reason. Not 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 Chubba, Smothers, Smothers, Smothers guy. Yeah. And and that whole deal was interesting because I think we all would agree that Smothers would have gotten more than 27 yards of offense and a half. To at least sprinkle him in and give that dynamic of the QB run game, uh, some option game to where you know, they're trying to sit there and have Chubba do everything, and that was a disaster. And they, he was not comfortable at all. He wasn't seeing his progressions. And so, yeah, he might have the better arm talent, but if he's not sitting in the pocket and even seeing the field, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. What did you make, Mark, or Robin of Whipple today, when I asked him about the number three quarterback situation, and he just goes, <laughs> "Yeah," like, I mean, it was like, like he's like, "What? What are you talking well, about?" Well, pair that with Mickey in the press conference and ask him like if Heinrich Harburg was an option or, or, or Torres or, or yeah anybody. And they just laugh. Is Masker hurt? Then did he, you? They said <clears throat> one of those other quarterbacks after Thompson Smothers, her uh, Purdy got hurt, and Whipple didn't say which one, but one of those guys is already off the table. So you're looking at one less option to choose from where of, of a group of options that they don't feel comfortable with at all. So, I mean, it's, if Casey's out, it's a two man race. There is no option unless it's absolute worst case emergency. Uh, but I think still you have to have both quarterbacks play. I think you have to have that element of Logan um, just to just be able to run the ball and give your, give your offense another weapon at its disposal for a group that needs as much help as it can get. Logan was, you know, Logan against Iowa threw the ball pretty well. 16 for 22 for 198. I mean, that's not bad. Those numbers aren't bad. 16 for 22 for 198. That was a good Iowa defense. Yeah. You had a head coach, though, that designed a game plan for him. Right. And, you know, I, I think we don't give Frost enough credit for his offensive concepts because he knew what he was doing. And he's like, all right, we got Logan. We're going to figure out a plan that works for this kid. And it, it, it worked. It I worked. Mean, they, they should have won that game. Yeah, it wasn't on Logan. Um, now, Whipple, as you know, he picked Chubba. That's mm-hmm. that's, guy. that's his guy. And Casey's his other guy. Yeah. So he was on an in-home recruiting visit before he even took the offensive coordinator job here. So yeah, with clearly Purdy. with Purdy. With Purdy. Yeah. All right. One more thing I want to hit on. Opening headlines here. You're listening to the Husker Online show. Uh, we reported on Husker Online this week. Arizona State, uh, at least informally, has had some contact with Mickey Joseph representatives. Kind of a coaching search situation, just like Nebraska. Interim coach fired. Um, Herm Edwards was fired a week after Scott Frost. So there's really not a lot of details out there. Sip, what did you make uh, of our report this week um, of, of Arizona State, at least kicking the tires and, and having some dialogue with Mickey Jones? Well, it makes sense for Arizona State to kick the tires on Mickey. Brother Vance is right there in town. Um, profile. I mean, that's a high-profile name. The other thing is they're not – it's the kind of job that a guy like Mickey might – it might be available to him. The Arizona State situation isn't great. There's going to be a notice of allegations right after the season, NCAA allegations. 
Um, that'll occur right after the season ends. So they're under an NCAA investigation. The Pac-12 is crumbling, and the AD doesn't, is on shaky ground. <laughs> it's not a perfect situation. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. It's not a perfect situation. It's this kind of situation that leads to, for instance, the most – the candidate that's getting the most speculation is the Oregon OC. And he'd be a good hire by them. Yeah, he's 33 years old. I mean, he's way younger than Robin. I mean, the um, that's true. <laughs> he's thirty-two. I mean, I think his name is Kenny Dillingsley or something like Dillingham. that. Dillingham. Dillingham. Thank you. Yeah. I, so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Mickey could land a job like that. I know. I know. Our board, our message board says no, zero chance. Ah, that job. Vance is what Vance is a lot of the reason. Mickey can really enhance his profile by hitching himself to Vance. That's all. I'm Maybe Vance gets the head job. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, who knows? And, yeah. and Mickey's like, I'll, I'll be your guy, and they'll pay him over a million to be his kind of Vince Marrow type guy. Mm-hmm. So, lots to chew on. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation as we get you ready for Nebraska, Minnesota. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us you're listening to the husker online show your authority on nebraska athletics probably wasn't fair to chubba he did not practice the last two days of the week and really wanted to play and uh he got hurt he's fine now going back i don't know whether i should have or not and that's why logan went in the second quarter in the second quarter because i wasn't sure exactly where he was you know when i looked at his eyes at halftime he felt like he was good but he wasn't really prepared mentally with with uh was but you know i I think i think we let down when casey went down and i and i think that it gave illinois a boost and you know just something we got to deal with and we're back here on the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washer. That was Mark Whipple with the um, stadium air blowers behind him. We do the interviews, and there's air blowers. So that's why you hear that blowing noise oh, wow. uh, behind Mark Whipple. But uh, before we get into that soundbite, this segment of the show is brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Get on into Tanner's. Uh, watch all the World Series baseball, all the football on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Get the Charbuff Wings, uh, Wednesday Burger Night. It is a great sports bar to go to. I know Sips Radio Station, the Ticket in Lincoln, our affiliate here in Lincoln. Um, they will be out there after the game, and they give out great prizes. Uh, usually, DP and crew. And by the way, congratulations on the uh, the new studio location, Sipple, with the ticket. Yeah, I like the reference that you say it's my radio station. That's very misleading in a good way. <laughs> For I, two uh, hours a day. <laughs> two hours and about 20 minutes well, a day. I, I like people thinking I own a radio station. Um, no, thank you, Sean. It'll be fun going down to that LES building downtown. We'll be, we're going to be in the window. People can walk by and watch us. So that should be good. Well, let's get into what Mark Whipple said there. Um, boy. A lot to unpack with that sound bite because, it, Robin, it, it didn't seem like there was much of a plan B after Casey Thompson. We've, we've kind of heard references on Nebraska practices like a pro team. They rep like a pro team. <laughs> well, the problem with a pro team is you don't you don't rep the number two quarterback very often. <clears throat> and in this situation, Nebraska did not have a number two ready, and it was a real problem last week. Absolutely. Changed the entire game, um, that, that whole situation. Uh, and – you know, for me, we have this whole conversation last segment about you know, why Logan Smothers wasn't used. Let's listen to Whipple lay all that out, where not only was Chubba not prepared, he didn't get enough reps, he wasn't mentally ready for that type of challenge. He was hurt. He didn't practice for two days that week, the, the Thursday and Friday before the game, and yet they still put him out there for the entire second half. To me, I wonder what that is a reflection of, of how at least Mark Whipple feels about Logan Smothers. Um, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good indictment. Sid, what do you think? It's seemingly. Um, the question about Logan has always been, can he, can he operate in a scheme that wants you to throw it downfield? Arm talent. Make, yeah, make tough downfield throws. It's really not his forte at all. He, 
I think he's counted on his arm getting stronger as he matures. Um, and maybe he's just not quite there yet. He's not Whipple's guy. He's not. He doesn't really fit the Whipple offense. So it kind of makes sense. It didn't look like Chuba fit it very well either. Yeah, That's I was going to say like yeah. <laughs> the results like for them still after seeing where Chuba was with his deer in the headlights kind of play out there, and they still didn't want to go to Lowen. That, I mean, that was surprising. Can you make it work though without arm talent? Can I mean you you can distribute the ball? <laughs> well, I'm saying like you don't have to make the deep out throw. No, not necessarily. I'm just saying like we're acting like Logan like can't even throw the ball ten yards downfield here. I mean, I guess I don't know. Is is his arm talent that bad that they feel like they have is no it, passing game with him in there? No, not that bad. And no, I don't think that at all. It, it's yeah. con- similar to like Noah Vedral. I mean, I don't yeah, think like there's too yeah. much of a difference between him and Noah Vedral. Yeah, I, I don't know. Now, see, this is where we get into these sort of awkward conversations so we don't see practice. Yeah, because we don't see him. Right. How, how do you know? I mean, there's, it's sort of like we do this thing where it's like we have this picture in our mind and it almost becomes a fictional account. I don't, I, I don't see him every day. I, don't, I haven't seen him throw a pass in how long? Since the open practice at Memorial Stadium that they had before two two springs ago, and he hasn't thrown a pass all year this year, has he? No, no, no. He, so, wait, wait, wait. He threw one. Oh, he, I thought he, he he completed the one pass to Trey Palmer. One yard, one completion for one yard to yeah. Trey Palmer. Trey's only slant. catch of the game. Trey's only catch inside slant. The only QB that could get the ball to Trey Palmer inside slant. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, as I said, I don't know. I think I said it earlier in the show. His numbers against Iowa were good last year. 16 for 22, 198. 16 for 22, 198. That's pretty good. His his passing numbers weren't that bad that day. But late in that game, when he needed to make downfield throws, it didn't look great. Mm-hmm. It was a windy day, if you recall. Mm-hmm. And he had trouble pushing the ball downfield. So I, that's probably some of it. I don't, I don't discount Logan at all. I'm with you guys. I think you better play him. But I don't know. I, you got to divide it up, but I, I think you got to play them both. But I thought it was also. I mean, we're trying to figure out what the quarterback situation is going to be. Whipple kind of put it out there today, where he said he met one on one with Chuba on Sunday and had a long talk about the performance and was kind of getting his spirits up and said, "More than likely, you're going to start this week." And so that's verbatim from Mark Whipple. So I mean, I think that's a pretty clear indication of how they feel about Casey's chances, especially with. Mickey Joseph going out there saying essentially they don't expect him to play on his coach's show on Sunday night. Uh, you pair those two things together, it looks like Casey's a long shot and that Chuba is the clear guy right now that they're preparing this week. Devil's advocate now. What if Casey on Friday night is healthy? I'm ready to go, but hasn't he's your guy that hasn't repped all yeah, week. He doesn't have question. to rep. Doesn't have to rep. So the, yeah, that they, they've got a situation. Um, but if you're Casey in your mind, you want to go play at Michigan. See, devil's advocate, Rob. I think he, I, I, we're going to be watching warm-ups closely is what I'm saying. Absolutely. You gotta, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all of Casey tries it. We all know if he can go, he'll go. And you know Casey, too. Sean mentioned this to me earlier. He's a narrative guy. That, that would be a nice narrative. He, he, he would like that narrative of, you know what, I was banged up. But I gave it out, coming yeah, back. Yeah. Flair for the dramatic type. Yeah, there you go. But if he can hold on to the football with a with a right hand that he lost all feeling to his hand and fingers on Saturday, maybe it came back. <laughs> yeah, maybe it came. Back. I'll tell you something that they got to get figured out too is Anthony Grant. Um, what yeah. twelve carries last week? Uh, but he had a twenty-two yard run. He looked better. A ten-yard run and a nineteen-yard reception. Mm-hmm. Three of the best plays of the day for Nebraska's offense, and they just kind of went away from him. He just didn't, he had the fumble though. The fumble was a bad play. Uh, because Nebraska, I believe, was a 14-point game when he fumbled it there, and that kind of really turned the tide at that point. But um, they've got to get Grant going. 12 carries, guys, come on. Yeah, and especially with this quarterback situation, if they go Purdy, if they go Smothers, they have to run the ball and lean on that running game. Anthony Grant will become your most important player on offense because he's got to be the one that keeps things on schedule and make – for more comfortable, manageable situations for those quarterbacks to where they're not sitting there on third and 11 mm-hmm. with Minnesota's pass rushers going teeing off on them. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. So Anthony Grant has to be a focal point for this offense to not only take some of the pressure off those quarterbacks, but to keep drives on schedules and make more for more manageable situations. I know what people are saying. Like, they can't run with that line. But they, they the line moved Illinois a little bit. I mean, 
Grant had some open mm-hmm. open space. Minnesota's D line is not as good as Illinois. No, it's not. Um, Minnesota's got the set now. Minnesota's got the seventh ranked defense in the country. Um, but no, I don't think it's the defense is quite as good as Illinois. I mean, uh, Illinois legitimately got like three pros on their D line. On the D line. And they're probably better in the back end. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, the game went to hell in a handbag when Casey got hurt. I mean, yes. every, everything they wanted to do, oh, thought God, they yeah. could do, it just went to the. It, it was the, the game. Here's the thing that, that my biggest takeaway of that game was 9 6 Nebraska lead. I mean, we're sitting up there. And going, Ramirez dropped the ball. Right. We're sitting up there going, okay. Nine, Nebraska's up 9-6 with the ball. They go up, they go up 9-6, get a stop. They have the ball, mm-hmm. and that, the wheel route occurs, and, and Ra Mayer Johnson's running wide open. Now, he wouldn't have gone the route. About four, he would have gone 40 yards probably. There was a safety there, and he, he would have been in the Illinois territory, and there's some pressure now. And then all the momentum's on Nebraska's side. I mean, it was already well in their favor. Yeah. But they connect on that play. That's a chunk play. Mm-hmm. You're in scoring territory. Yep. And maybe and, Casey and doesn't margin. get hurt. And maybe yeah. Casey doesn't get Cause hurt. Because he got hurt shortly after that. Two, right? plays, two, plays, two plays later. So plays that, that drop caused the play calls to be different. Yeah, and absolutely. the situations to be different. Absolutely. Which led to the drop back, which yep. led to the injury. Which yep. changed the game? So changed the yeah season. Yeah, season. They, I just wanted to see what it would look like if Illinois had some intense pressure on them. Yeah, think about sixteen to six. Right, crowds in it. They're they're not really built to come back. That's not their their deal. Mm-hmm. Really, they they would have. It would have been a tight game. But I think Casey would have. If Casey was healthy, that game was going to the wires. Mm-hmm. What I think. All right, let's talk defensive storylines next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, one of the most elite backs probably that I've ever had to coach against in Mo Abraham. He's an unbelievable player. He's he's tough, physical, able ability to jump cut. He has everything. So hands are full in that area, that's for sure. Bowling ball guy that runs dudes over, runs behind his pads and gets really low. But yeah, he's definitely a front runner. So we'll, uh, these last, like I said last week, these last four or five weeks, we're going to see best backs the Big Ten probably in the country so yeah I think it's a big thing to them I think they're up there like you said with Wisconsin Iowa wanting to establish a run game um, obviously bigger bodies bigger alignment you know so they're obviously going to try and uh, run the ball so we're going to have to stop the run um, and make them throw it and we're back here on the Husker Online Show Sean Callahan Robin Washett Steve Sipple as we get you ready for Nebraska Illinois 11 a.m. on ESPN2 and by the way if you're wondering when is the Michigan game we get asked that question a lot we should know Saturday night late or Sunday morning uh, when the Michigan game is going to be in Ann Arbor. Um, it's, a, it's a time of year now where there aren't any more night games unless both schools were to agree. Um, so it is going to be an 11 a.m. or a 2.30 slash 3. There are some 3 o'clock windows. Uh, my money is on 11 a.m. Uh, for Michigan. Um, I know they're not a big fan of night, you know, dark games there. So hopefully it's an 11 a.m. game up in Ann Arbor, which would be 12 local time. Uh, out there so we should know that Saturday but um, let's get into those comments there first of all Bill Bush goes out of his way to over compliment the opponent it's kind of funny um, he's called I mean Mo Ibrahim's a good back but is he one of the most elite backs that Bill Bush has ever coached against I don't know he's had 16 straight 100 yard games now Pretty, against Nebraska the numbers aren't fabulous um, you, you have you, one I've you got have, him right here yeah not fabulous. I think 43 carries for 253 yards or something like that. Does that sound right? 53 carries for 242. That's 4.5 a carry. That's and not killer. Six touchdowns. Yeah, that's not killer. I I like Chase Brown better than Ibrahim. If I was picking back. And I like Braylon Allen. Yeah. And Blake Corm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know if I like those guys better than Ibrahim, but I like Chase Brown better than Ibrahim. I mean, there was a, there was a point when Muhammad Ibrahim was like – going to be an all-american like before he got that achilles injury achilles. going into that season I mean, he was game. running all over ohio state right out of the gates 2021 yeah. yeah and so i mean that guy that's that's the kind of potential he has and you know look at the season he's got already got he's played one less game than brown Corum, 
Grant, Braylon Allen, all them. And he's got 170 carries, third most in the league, 955 yards, third most in the league, 13 touchdowns, second most, only behind, one behind Blake Corum. He's averaging 136 yards per game. I mean, that's I like him. I, that's I, high level production I, right there. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I like him. I'd just take Chase Brown over him. I, he's good. He's interesting to me. He's he's interesting to me. Watch him in the open field sometimes. He he's he kind of I don't know. He doesn't always cut loose. I mean, it's almost like he's saving himself a little bit. I'm really screwing this up with Ibrahim because he's a tougher. He's tougher now. I mean, he's really good between the tackles and all that. He's just kind of an interesting runner to me. And and he said something really interesting. His whole life is basically, I just try to get better every day so I'm a little bit better every day physically so I can play on Saturday. I mean, that's a running back, Big Ten running back life. Just get a little bit better physically every day so I'm ready for Saturday. When you look at just what they're built on, they're built on third and shorts, Minnesota. Yeah. and. He's great at third and shorts. Tanner Morgan. Great, well, he gets you to third and short. Great at third and shorts. And then they've got a tight end that's going to also be a factor in this game as span well. Uh, Braven span Ford. 27 catches at tight end, 349 yards. He is now their number one receiving option with Chris Altman Bell, their star receiver, out for the season. Yeah, Altman Bell went down against Colorado, and he hasn't been back. And he and he's he was an NFL wideout, so – I mean, that injury, you could argue, changed the division. Because I do Whoa. think having Ottman Bell with Tanner Morgan, with Mo Ibrahim, with the tight end, that's that. Th- those are, by the way, all six-year senior players. Yeah, I mean, it, it removed a critical element with the, the downfield threat to where now Minnesota's pretty one-dimensional. Um, their passing game is really intermediate, short stuff, uh, off-the-play action. Uh, and so when they need to drop back and throw it down the field, they struggle just because they don't have – that dynamic perimeter player that's going to go just make a play 20 yards downfield, which which they had in Ottman Bell. So, yeah, I mean, losing him dramatically impacted just the overall firepower of that offense. Stat. So they lost him against Colorado, which is five games ago. Since that, since that time, Tanner Morgan has thrown only three touchdown passes. That's three touchdown passes in the last five games since Bell's injury, Ottman Bell's injury. They manage games. They don't. Oh, God, they meant – yeah, you know what's fascinating? I mean, this is – you know what? Minnesota fans were on fleck a little bit this week because of the of how much he slowed the game down against Rutgers. Now, they won 31 zip. But fleck basically starts bleeding the clock on the first possession. <laughs> I mean – He he wants eight possessions in the game probably. Yeah, he – you know, that in the first possession against Rutgers went 19 plays for 99 yards and took up 10-24. Holy up, cow. Took up 10 24. <laughs> 10 minutes, 24 seconds. It spanned the first and second quarter. That's incredible. Their, That's second pos- their second possession went 13 plays, 80 plus yards. Yeah, they, that, they, that's what they do. Yeah, and so people talk about their third down success. Early in the season, there was like hardly a team in the country as good as Minnesota on both sides of the ball with their third down. For one, their, their success on offense and the, 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 the way they limited it on defense. That's kind of leveled out a little bit, but. A lot of that with their offense is so uh, dependent on their early down success, yeah. their ability Ibrahim. to get three, four yards a pop on first and second down. That was one of the things that um, I think it was Garrett Nelson talked about, or maybe maybe it was Bill Bush. So they were talking about just being able to get off the quarterback more, and the only way they're going to be able to do that is if they win on first and second down and, and like they say, earn the right to rush the passer because Minnesota doesn't get into a lot of third and longs. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk Minnesota, Nebraska, are you expecting any different schematical looks, the way Minnesota plays? I mean, Isaac Gifford's a unique nickel guy. You'd have to assume, though, he's going to be a big part of this game because he's just one of their best players. But is this a heavier game where maybe you play more of those outside linebacker-type guys in different roles knowing what Minnesota tries to do? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to adjust because not only do they have the running back, they got the offensive line. They're not – what they were a year ago with, with the guys they lost to the NFL, but they're they're still pretty. You darn can't good. play they've, these guys light. They have arguably the oh, best center inch. in the co- in the country, and so that's that's Ooh, where it starts. Really? Yes, he's probably going to win the Remington Award this year. Really? So uh, research, but Great. now now don't ask me his name because I'm blanking on it right now. But I do know that he's legit. But that's where it starts, and you know, Nebraska's got to be able to answer that. And you're talking about having a true freshman 
starter and Ernest Hausman as one of your inside linebackers. You know, you that, think he's going to start over Kolarovich? He started yeah, last he week. He will, so he'll start this week again. Well, yeah, he started he, last he week, started and he's listed week. number one on the depth yeah, chart this yeah, week. I think he'll Hausman. Yeah, but Kolarovich's got to play a lot. Uh, and obviously, Reimer's got to be as good as Luke Reimer can be. Uh, and then that defensive front's got to hold their own. You know, this is a big game for Colton Fees, for Ty Robinson, for those interior guys to make Minnesota have to work for it. Mm-hmm. Don't let them just stay on track to where 10 minutes fly by off the game clock and, and then they're scoring a touchdown to end the first quarter. Well, we know one thing. It's going to probably be a three-hour game. It'll be really a quick game the way Minnesota wants to play. Uh, we had a quick game last week, too, against Illinois. It was it was over by 5.30. Usually those games end a lot later. But uh, when we come back, we're going to take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I think he came in with like Glenn Mason's first recruiting class, is what it seems like. And he's been there forever. Really, really talented young man. Uh, the thing that stands out the most probably is how tough he is. I've seen him take some shots and do the six year of football, that's hard. If I'm corrected, I don't, I don't know if it's for sure, but I think he's played in five games against Nebraska, right? This will, this will be his fifth game against Nebraska. So, And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. That was defensive coordinator Bill Bush talking about Tanner Morgan, who will be making his fifth start against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. The COVID year, it's going to do a lot of that over the years, but you know, not very many quarterbacks in the history of college football can say they've started against Nebraska five times. Quiz time. Quiz time. Now, you guys, I want to see how smart you guys are. Oh, boy. Do you remember 2018 who he came in for? Who it, 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 He didn't start that game. God, who was that guy's name? 2018. Yeah. It was, and, the, last, it was the last starting quarterback. Zach Anastad? Bam. <laughs> That's impressive. You're an exci- that, encyclopedia. That is impressive. Show. IMG Academy walk-on quarterback. <laughs> Holy God. From the state of Minnesota. <laughs> Hello. What's his shuttle time? Hello. <laughs> well, and I remember job, Sean. it was controversial because yeah. Anastad had some profile behind him, mm-hmm. uh, but couldn't could it run? Mm. And and Morgan had more of a dual threat. Yeah, and then you know he had the luxury of 2019 having those great receivers. He did. I mean, two NFL guys. Yeah. Who we talked? You, you remember those names, Mike? It was the Johnson. Yeah. There was that guy. Um, Altman Bell was on that team. Mm-hmm. He was good. Mm-hmm. Um, then they had another one. I can't remember his name. Draft picks. All yeah. of them. Oh, they were great. All right. Well, let's get into the mailbag. Um, first question. What do you think the odds of Casey Thompson returning to Nebraska are? My my response back to that is, where would he go? Like, I don't know if Casey can be like, I'm going pro, and, and that would be a great decision. Um, so, like, what are his options, I think, are the, is the better question. To re-enter the portal? Or to stay yeah. at Nebraska, he could. Yeah, because he grad- he's, a graduate. he's a graduate. Well, and there's a coaching change. Yeah, and the so coaching you, change. You get, I mean, you get leeway. I think it'd be pretty easy for him to do that. It's yeah. just a matter of if that's something he wants to do, play for a third school in three years. You know, that's that's rolling the dice a little bit. You better have a pretty darn good situation to fall back on because I mean he'll be the number one from the start if he sticks around another year. Three letters for you, Sipple. N I L. Yeah, that mm-hmm. and. How many letters in Mickey? Um, the <laughs> M I C K E Y. Yeah, I mean, he did tell me that a lot of it is tied to what, whether who's the head coach. Obviously, I mean, he's got to wait and see who that is, and also he'd have to start another graduate program. I mean, he's in a graduate program, but he'd have to start another one, and that's probably a bigger deal to him than it is us, obviously. So I, I don't know. And the other factor is that the coach. Are they going to want Casey Thompson? Is he's going to fit what they what they do? Are they going to run something that requires more dual threat ability than Casey Thompson brings to the table? And will they go to the transfer portal and bring a QB with them, or one one of the new assistants bring a QB with them? I mean, that's that's a whole another layer to this discussion. Yeah, another layer would be maybe Casey could be a GA and quarterback because he's going to be twenty five years old. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's literally going to be twenty five next year. That question was from Josh. Thank you, Josh. Mike Z has a question. Um, offers coming or just attention from Mickey Joseph. What are the chances, in your opinion, 
that Mickey Joseph stays on the staff? Um, do you think there's guarantees? And, you know, we've talked about this a little bit simple off air. Um, you can't really guarantee a guy. It, it's just Trev Alberts can't say you're keeping Mickey Joseph. I mean, the, the new coach has to ultimately make that decision. Mickey knows that, too. I can tell you Mickey is not thinking he's guaranteed. He doesn't have any assurances. There's no, I mean, he's got another year on his contract, and, and there were some national reporters that misreported that he was guaranteed a position. That That's not accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Joseph has one more year remaining on his current deal, and that would change if he's kept on by a new coach. Yeah, I mean, you can, lo- you can lose a candidate, Sean. I'm, I don't mind sharing the story. I didn't know this till today. Um, they lost Jim Grobe. I mean, when, in 2007, Jim Grobe of Wake Forest was the first choice, not Bo Pelini. Mm. But, Hello. Uh, but the deal was he would have to keep three or four coaches, and there was one in particular that Grobe said, uh-uh, and, and they moved on. They just it was a deal breaker, mm-hmm. and that's how Bo, Bo got the job. It was Jim Grobe in late 2007 was the first choice. Now that being said, would you say that that's of all the percentages of potential outcomes maybe the most likely at this point Which that one? that Mickey is it, retained in some capacity? Yeah. If there's one guy retained, yeah. he's the one. Just because it makes so much sense from because, a roster continuity right. standpoint, from a recruiting right. ability yeah. standpoint. I mean, he's already proven he can get guys here both through the portal and from the high school tracks. So, I mean, and he's a pretty good position coach, too. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of value oh. for keeping Mickey, assuming it fits, you know, that he fits with the, the head coach and, you know, it's something they want to work together with. The problem is he could become so powerful right now that that's a problem when a new guy comes in oh, that yeah. that all of a sudden players are going to him right. with problems. Oh, it's tricky. It get, I mean, it, it's tricky. That I mean, coach would have to be very confident in himself yep. to allow a person with the profile of Mickey Joseph on the staff. Like right. if you wanted Mickey to stay and you knew he wasn't going to be the head coach, you almost would have been better off having somebody else be the interim. But no. <laughs> we're neither here nor there mm-hmm. um, with, with all that discussion. All right, let's move on here. Got time for a couple more questions. Why not Zach Taylor? And this is from Craig. What about Zach Taylor as a candidate? Um, and I just think that NFL timeline, Robin, too too hard to, you know, in the in the in this world that we're going to live in, we're going to call it fifty days of hell or whatever we want to call it, with roster transfer portal signing day, first day of class in January, the NFL season. You know, runs all the way till January, and Zach Taylor's not in any danger right now in Cincinnati. No, I mean they're still they're game out in the division right now. I mean they've just went to the Super Bowl. Like he's got a lot of uh, momentum behind him right now, and he's got a, a franchise quarterback. I mean, there, there's a lot that is going well in Cincinnati that uh, they really like him there. Um, I think he's a good fit there, and as long as they continue to be competitive, I don't I don't anticipate him leaving at all. And then. If he did, he's not going to leave before the season ends. And if Bengals go to the playoffs, I mean, you're talking about going well into January before you're even having your your coach available if they go that route. I was, I've been surprised the lack of enthusiasm that Nebraska fans have for Zach. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I was struck by it on – I mean, just as it came up earlier in the discussion when the when the – you know, when Trev first made the move on Scott and names were getting thrown out, I was surprised how – underwhelmed fans reacted to Zach. It's recruiting driven. I, I think people fear that he doesn't know how to recruit because he's never had to do it at this type of job before. Yeah. Like Typically the message board talk radio call crowd, mm-hmm. you know, they, they look at recruiting. I mean, and that that's, that's where the real vocal fan in this process is going to gravitate their voice towards okay. is, is recruiting. Okay. That's Mickey, but that's not just Mickey. There's a lot of other coaches yeah. that fulfill that need. Absolutely. All right. Um, final question here in the mailbag. South Stadium renovations on the table. What are you guys hearing? What are you thinking um, Nebraska should do to the South? Well, I think, first of all, the most fascinating thing, we, we probably won't know until another year from now. I mean, in fact, we know that, at least a year. Trev Alberts, in the meeting that we had, said they got clearance from the Board of Regents to essentially – make the plan for the actual plan. So it's going to take a full year to kind of develop a plan, the surveys that they use. Um, but I, I believe you will see the South end zone blown up, taken out and rebuilt the stands. And 
you know, they could go a lot of directions. I mean, I've heard everything from building like weekend condos in the stadium well, for boosters to stay in. Um, that's a concept out there. You know, obviously a club restaurant concept. Does that is that at any other stadiums right now? The the hot, uh, hotel suite. There might be. <laughs> But think about this: if like you had ten of them in there, yeah, how big of a coup? I mean, we, we're we're right across the street from the Haymarket here in in the rail yard, and the condos across the street that have the two car garages that people pull in. Some of those have sold for a million dollars. Think if you had access to your own kind of party deck suite in Memorial Stadium, that'd be fun. What 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 Phil? Where, where the Philadelphia Eagles play? What's that stadium called, Rob? Uh, was it Citizen or? They they have an interesting deal in there. They have a jail, um, in their stadium. <laughs> they, should, they should have multiple jails there. <laughs> they do. They have a, they, 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 have a, they have a jail. They have you a write Lincoln. a bad column. They're going to put you in the jail. <laughs> yeah. Lincoln well, Financial Field. Yeah, Lincoln Financial has. They just they don't take the people downtown to run really. They just throw them into jail. You got to ask Trevor. You thinking about putting a jail? Maybe you should yeah. put a jail in there. <laughs> well, you know, if they get booze in there, they're going to have to. Yeah. To get a drunk tank, yeah, maybe South <laughs> Stadium has a little jail in it. I never went, I never obviously went to detox in college, but guys that got thrown in that drunk tank, I always heard oh, that was yeah. quite an experience. I've heard stories, yeah. I'll just avoid, <laughs> that. I'll avoid <laughs> that conversation. I never had to uh endear that place, but yeah, the South, the other thing about South guys is, um, you know, you're talking at least probably one year where people will not have access to their seats. Jeez, that's wild. so that's where the students sit, hmm. that's where. Um, you know, a lot of your blue collar fans that aren't paying a lot of donations sit in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are your true grassroots mm-hmm. hardcore fans that aren't mm-hmm. that aren't corporate. You know, they're 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 in, they've been fans for a while. So that will be something that Trev has to navigate. You know, and, and I'm sure he's given it a lot of thought. If we have to blow up the South, how do we take care of these great fans and our students and kind of reconfigure the stadium? Mm-hmm. Um, if that whole set, I mean, because guys, that's that's a lot of seats. Yeah, that's absolutely. like thirty thousand seats. Absolutely, it it'll is. help if he gets the right coach. Yeah, yeah, he'll <laughs> uh, have a little more political cachet. That's um, a start. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, why I, I grew up in rough. South Stadium. Did you? Sixteen A, row eighty eight, seats five and six. Okay, but you know, it's it's not a deal of like they're just doing that to throw in hotels and sports bars and all that stuff. Like just logistically to do much of anything. They got to blow that well, thing up because it's just not built structurally to do much. I mean, the concourses are so limited, like the space, uh, that just all the facilities they need to put in up-to-date amenities, uh, they're, they're so, so limited just because of the how antiquated that side of the stadium is. Think about 98 rows of stairs. In the world we live in today, how many people are used to walking up 98 rows of stairs mm-hmm. to get to their seat? I mean, I'm Olympians, and and there's and, well, and, and 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 there's not a bathroom. I mean, there's a reason that's a punishment for players that screw up right. practice. Right. There, there's not a bathroom, you know, on the upper part. You got to go all the way. Uh-huh. Like I remember sitting there. I was a young kid, and I mean, it was you know, you had to like kind of get out at the right time to run down these ramps, go to the bathroom, run back up. I mean, it was a lot of work. Yeah. If you're 75 years old from Fremont and some old fan that comes up and down, I mean, that's a lot of. I mean, that, that did, 48 year old is or, a lot. Are you <laughs> 35 year olds a lot? I mean, that detours people from wanting to sit there. So yes. they, they've got to make those seats more attractive. But all right, when we come back, we're going to talk Big Ten football next in our final segment. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Trouble just has to settle down. He has to breathe at that position. He can't let his emotions take over. He's got to be a true leader out there. And I thought he was trying to make plays, but he got he's got to understand the situation that we was in at that time when he threw the pick. That we already have we already have three points. So let's make the score twenty to twelve. You throw a pick and they go up and they kick a field goal and now they up twenty twenty three to nine. So And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Final segment that was Interim head coach Mickey Joseph talking about just settling down Cheva Purdy, and that will obviously be a big storyline in this game, um, how he plays if he indeed is the starting quarterback. But let's get into the Big Ten action here. Uh, obviously, Nebraska last week was a 26-9 to loser to Illinois. 
who now squarely is in the driver's seat to win uh, the Big Ten West. Now, Illinois has games against Michigan State. That would be an interesting game in some respects. They have a game against Michigan. And then they also obviously have Northwestern. And then they have a game against Purdue on November 12th. So, other than Michigan, you know, Illinois could be 10 and 2 going into the Big Ten title game. They should be 10 and 2. Yeah. Um, So, that would be something to watch. But other games of note last week Penn State gave Ohio State everything for about three quarters. Buckeyes pull away 28 points in the fourth quarter, 44 to 31. Simple hit on this game earlier. Minnesota was a 31 to nothing winner against Rutgers. Um, the Gophers had under 200 yards of total offense. No, Rutgers, Rutgers did. did. Or not the Gophers. I mean the Rutgers. Rutgers I'm had, sorry. Rutgers had. Now this is very. I mean Rutgers only had 134 yards. So Michigan. I mean Minnesota played some defense. Mm-hmm. 134 yards is all they. That's not first half. That's game. But you also just mentioned. Minnesota's opening drive was the entire first quarter, so they didn't run a lot of plays. No. They didn't have a lot of yards. They didn't run a lot. Of plays. No, that drive it did that's, that drive spanned the first and second, but yeah, ten twenty four off the clock. All right, then Iowa bounces back. A big weekend for the Ferences. Uh, they they beat Northwestern thirty three to thirteen. Northwestern is Nebraska in seven right now, one and seven. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a pretty good chance that that Nebraska win will be their only win. On the season, and, well, we we hit we hit on that after they had that little losing streak. You know, we went through their next games, and we're like, they're not going to win. Yeah, they got Ohio State, Minnesota, Purdue, and Illinois. Oh boy, the that, Dane, that's it. That's that. that, that they're, they're not winning. One, they're a one-win team. Oh boy. Yeah, the dangerous uh, Evan Hall had eleven carries for thirty-two yards. Yeah, I like I like <laughs> those running backs. Well, I did. Turns out they were made to look a lot better than they were in that game. I know. And then finally, uh, Tunnelgate, um, part two yeah, in Michigan. Twenty-nine to seven, the Wolverines beat Michigan State. But <clears throat> the big story is, I mean, there was you had Commissioner Kevin Warren, and and we're going to be in that tunnel next week when we're in Ann Arbor. And I believe to go to post game, you walk in the tunnel. Yeah, you do. So yeah. you know, it's, it's the only way in and out of that stadium. It, there's one way in, one way out tunnel, and. That will be interesting, but I'm not. I'm not expecting any. any yeah, it won't, won't be quite as chippy as Michigan, Michigan State. But you know, James Franklin made a big stink about that when they played out there. It was like you know how you're setting yourself up for disaster when you have a bunch of amped up football players having to sit there and basically go shoulder to shoulder, crossing each other in and out of that tunnel. Like, I mean, you got to wonder if the Big Ten is going to start to push Michigan on that a little bit. What do to, you do, though? Yeah, I know. I mean, literally, you talk, talk about the structure of the stadium. Like, well, what are their other options? Build another tunnel. <laughs> I mean, well, you, you time it out to where the road team has to be out there at a certain time or whatever. Like, I don't know. But well, what they're doing right now is causing problems to where, like, what, eight guys got suspended for Michigan? It was four and then another four. I mean, it's become like a, a criminal I don't investigation. Know, no, wait a second. That was Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State. Yeah. So, Michigan State jumped a guy for Michigan. Yeah. And Hit him with a helmet. Harbaugh's yeah. pushing for criminal charges. Yeah. Like, it's a mess. Yeah. Now, one thing you could do is have security there ushering the respective they do. teams. They were, just the security guys were running away they're from like, the They're fight. like yellow coders. <laughs> yeah. Not real. They're just volunteer I mean, I mean guys. real security. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the problem, Franklin, I, I'd be critical of Franklin in this conversation. Franklin held his team up, and, and Jim thought he did it intentionally um, to, to, to mess with Michigan. And it, you know, that was back on October 15th. The Michigan State Michigan thing just happened last weekend. Yeah, it, they're both incidents are ugly. That was bad. Yeah, bad look for the. League. And the Ohio State game, is that in Ann Arbor this year? That game is Pulling in. Right now. Columbus, I believe it. Go, Michigan goes to Columbus. I'm pretty sure. Rob. Yes, at, yeah. at Ohio State. Yeah. So we won't have to worry about that tunnel fight. But no. Um, all right, this weekend in the Big Ten, you got an interesting game with Iowa at Purdue, the Charlie Jones game, um, and it'll be a big game for Iowa because they can kind of squash some of the narratives out there if they get this win at Purdue. And Purdue's not playing great right now; uh, they're four and a half point favorite. Uh, then you got Maryland. At Wisconsin, six and two Maryland, four and four Wisconsin. Badgers a five point favorite. Also an intriguing game. Um, Minnesota a sixteen point favorite over Nebraska. That's up to sixteen. Yes. Third largest in history of Memorial Stadium, only behind twenty seventeen Ohio State and twenty nineteen Ohio State. I mean, for perspective, for context, Illinois was a seven point favorite. 
Uh, I mean, it's all reflection of the quarterback situation. That's that's what it is right yep. now. Oh. Yeah. Ohio State is a 38-point favorite in Evanston <laughs> over Northwestern. And they'll cover easily. And then you have Michigan State, a 17-point underdog at Illinois. Wow. I mean, that's – I mean, Illinois is not exactly an explosive offense. They did just lose eight players to suspension. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if any of those were starters. I haven't looked, but Dang. <laughs> I might have something. Talk about it. Mel Tucker. I mean, you're, you're, they're probably like exploring ways. Like, is, is there anything for cause that they could get him on to get rid of him? I don't, I don't know if that's available. I think it's fully guaranteed. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it would, I think I shouldn't go there on the air with that. It would I, be bad for Michigan State to like. I mean, come on, like he did win the Sugar Bowl last year. Well, I know, and I know this. They'd have to pay him in full. I mean, there's, I mean, they would owe him ninety five million dollars. I mean, it or whatever is left on that contract. It'd be eighty plus million dollars. Well, they still got a chance to go to a bowl. I mean, they got Illinois this week, but you know, Rutgers, Indiana after that. I mean definitely. That would give them a five. Yeah, and then they got Penn State to close on the road. So if they could somehow find a way to steal one against Illinois or Penn State, they're mm-hmm. they're in a bowl game or at least have a very good chance to get yeah. there. Well yeah, it should be interesting. Maryland and Wisconsin has my interest in obviously Iowa. I'm really, really Yeah, that's that's the game for me. You know, can Iowa go into West Lafayette and win? I mean, it's all—it's always about their offense. Can they? What can they generate against Purdue's defense? Purdue's a strange defense to me because they're pretty good up front. They're really bad in the back end. They're—they're uh-huh. they're good up front. They're—it's a good like front four, but man, their back end is bad. And now last week it was banged up. I don't. Maybe they'll get some guys back, but their two corners were hurt. There's two starting corners. Now think about it. I, and I know that in. Spring ball, they were, they were so depleted at corner in the spring, they're playing backup quarterbacks at corner. So, yeah, they, they, they have an issue at corner. Oh, and I forgot two other games, guys. Penn State and Indiana. Uh, Penn State's a 14-point favorite. And then Michigan at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, that night is game. That's a night game, 26-point spread. That's the – you know, you only have to be on BTN one time for your conference games. That's Michigan's – uh, both Michigan and Ohio State generally get their game against Rutgers as the BTN game. Yeah, Rutgers, I just can't generate enough offense to beat Michigan, I don't think. Now, Rutgers has entered that game last week against Minnesota, ranked sixth nationally in rushing defense, which that's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, they don't, got enough, they don't got enough juice on offense. All right, well, that wraps it up here for this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. Reminder, join us for the postgame show. We're thinking 530 this week. Uh, We will wrap up Nebraska, Minnesota. Watch us live on YouTube. We'll have the podcast version up later. Huskers Gophers, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 